Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the I Got Next podcast. Your boy, Skylar Gonzalez. And um, hope you guys have been staying healthy, staying safe during these times, especially if you're in Ontario. Uh, we're still in lockdown, obviously. You've basically been in lockdown uh, since the start of the year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, things also look a bit different today because I'm not using like a separate video camera like I usually do when I do individual podcasts. I'm uh, just recording off of Zoom so the audio can be better. And quite frankly, it's easier for me to upload it this way. Also, hair is a bit different. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Um, actually, you know what? Let me know if you guys would want me to do an episode on like, I don't know, talking about hair. I don't know. I, I think I would actually like doing that. Um, but yeah, let me know if you guys want that. I guess just DM me on the um, Instagram. I'll put it, I guess, in the description too on, on Instagram. And then I'll put it right here on the screen. Boom. Let me see my editing skills. Maybe I can just put it here. Boom. The I got next podcast underscore. Uh, but yeah, today's episode is about um, football, world football, the Euros mainly, and then I guess Manchester United afterwards. Uh, that's my team I support. So uh, I feel like I want to give my two cents on, I guess, their season, their, their next season anyways, a little bit of this season, next season as well. Um, but yeah, the Euros. I'm uh, not going to do the same type of like coverage I did for the uh, NBA playoffs as I did like earlier this year. Um, mainly because the Euros is a bit of a different like format, I would say. It's not as like, like you know, in the, in the playoffs, I did the seedings and all that kind of stuff. Um, Euros, I'll probably just tell you my winners and then teams I think it'd be fun to watch or I'll have fun watching anyways. Um, yeah, speaking of the playoffs, I will be doing an episode soon um, about that. Obviously, the, this was the first day for the playing anyway, the playing tournaments uh, in the East. So, so far, all I know is that Jason Tatum dropped 50. Um, against the Wizards, so they locked in that seven seed, and then um, the Pacers. Pacers dog walked Charlotte. I can't lie. Um, I don't know how I forgot how much they won by, but I know the Pacers won by a lot. So that was just the East playing. Um, they've yet to do the West one, um, all that kind of stuff. But I'll probably have an episode about that very soon, probably with someone else too. Um, yeah, I'll probably have it with someone else, maybe one two people. Uh, but yeah, today, like I said, the Euros. So the Euros, my winners, point blank period, is France. Um, if you know me personally. I've been supporting France ever since like 2017, really. Um, if it wasn't for, you know, France playing Portugal in the, in the uh, finals of the Euro 2016, I probably would have supported them too. But, you know, I got Portuguese blood in me, plus Ronaldo's my guy. So I had to go for Portugal. But um, I had them as my pick to win the 2018 World Cup. So thank you, everyone that made very generous donations after you lost the bet that year. Um, <laughs> this year, I still have France winning as in the Euro, I guess, 2021, technically. Um, I think they have, I think they just have the best team on paper, on paper. You don't win games on paper, but if you look at the squad, I guess the core group of players um, and going into this tournament, because they released the teams, like I think just today, at least France released their team just today. Um, if you look at the core group of players compared to the last World, to, to the World Cup 2018, it's pretty much the same, probably bar Mtiti and uh, Matuidi as well. Uh, both of those guys. So Matuidi's down in the MLS. Well, not down in the MLS, but he's in Miami now. So he, I guess, did he just didn't get picked for the international competition. And MTT, honestly, after the World Cup, after 2018, he kind of just, I don't want to say fell off, but he definitely wasn't playing as much. Um, I guess kind of fell out of favor at Barcelona. Um, but yeah, so I think they have, France has, I think, a very bright future. A very, very bright future. I'm kind of surprised on the people that they took. Um, and the people that they left off. I think the team could be better than what they listed, but it's still a good team. So like for me, like, so in the midfield, or the five midfielders that they picked was Conte and Pogba, obviously, um, Rabiot from Juventus, Tolisso and Sizoko. I 
I'm not like Sizogo and Tolisso, they're cool. I like them. But I feel like you could have done better in that position, especially when you have guys like um, Eduardo Camavinga from uh, Ligue 1, who's just, he's on fire, basically. He's very young. He's going to be the future of France. Or him, along with a few other people, are going to be the future of France, um, obviously. But they left him out. They left uh, Hussam Awar out from Lyon. And I just think, even though you might not have brought those guys to start, I feel like they would have obviously still contributed some decent minutes. And, you know, just get them under the experience. You know what I mean? Get get one under the belt so they're a bit more comfortable come the World Cup. I'd assume they would be on the World Cup team um, when that comes around. Because obviously, well, it's going to be next year. So hopefully we'll see how much of an improvement they make. Um, but there's those two guys. They left out Uka Makano as well from Leipzig. Who, Well, I guess he just signed a deal to go to Bayern uh, this next season. But ever since they announced that, he probably he hasn't been playing as, uh, as high as of a level as, I guess, Deschamps would have hoped. Um, but the biggest name that they that they actually brought on was uh, Benzema, Kareem Benzema from Real Madrid. So that's huge. In my opinion, Benzema is a top three striker in the world right now, um, depending on how you want to look at it. Top two uh, or top one, my fault. Um, but that's big. He hasn't played for France since the 2015-16 season. So around like five years ago. And obviously, if you kind of know the history there, there was something with a sex tape scandal. Um, I'm not going to get too into detail about that. If you want to know more about it, you can just look it up. Uh, but that was what it was. And it kind of had him banished, banished from the uh, from their national team ever since. Uh, Deshaun finally brought him back now. So I'd assume he's taking that starting spot from Giroud. I saw a quote from him earlier saying that he's, that Benzema's not coming to sit on the bench. So. You know, it only means one thing, really. Um, but yeah, the core group of players for, for France pretty much stayed the same, like I was saying. So Hugo Lloris in goal, I'd assume, is still going to be the starter. Uh, Benjamin Pavard, Varane, Lucas Hernandez, Conte, Pogba, Mbappe, Griezmann, those kind of guys. Um, it's all the same. I think all of those guys are still playing at a high level as well. Um, maybe Varane's the only one that's been a bit shaky because he was injured, obviously, but I'll let it slide. Um, and yeah, I think they're mo the most complete team in the, in the tournament or one of the most com complete teams in the tournament. And obviously they know what it takes um, to get at least to the final. Um, 2016, like I said, they lost in the final. 2018, they went to the final of the World Cup and won. So hopefully it's the same kind of thing. Maybe they win, hopefully they win this year as well. I honestly, I expect the same kind of domination we saw from like Spain in 2008, 2012. Um, the only thing that I think they're gonna have to change their system. Obviously they play a 4-2-3-1. Uh, well, hopefully they'll still switch, uh, stay with that. I saw things that um, they might go to a 4-3-3 or 4-4-2, I don't know. But um, the one thing I think that they're really missing out is when they played a 4-2-3-1 in the World Cup, 2018 World Cup, they had someone like Matuidi. Blaise Matuidi was really good at covering ground and he was a two-way kind of guy. So if you watch that World Cup, Pogba was kind of based more in the center mid. And like as a pairing with Conte and Matuidi was more of a left mid. And the whole premise of it was when they're on the ball, when they're on offense, Pogba's facilitating in the middle of the park where you can spray balls all over the place. Um, Matuidi, when they would lose the ball, Matuidi would drop into that midfield role and Pogba would kind of float around in the midfield. And it kind of caused, it was overload in the midfield um, and kind of just overpowered the other team. Obviously at that time, Griezmann was still playing as a cam. Uh, and that's when he was on Atletico and they, you know, Atletico was those kind of teams where one through 11, everyone's working hard to win the ball back. So it was kind of just, they they overpowered the midfield. And, you know, a lot of uh, coaches or a lot of people would say, you know, you win the game by controlling the midfield and that's what they were doing. Um, could they replicate that with some guys? I don't, I don't see anyone that could fit that mold. Rabio is someone who, <laughs> if you know me personally, like I'm not that big a fan of Rabio. 
but he is he has flashes i would say of being a great player um but then again he also has flashes of being a horrible player <laughs> um if you watched juventus versus sassuolo like i think it was last week he looked like crap and then he also looked really good for some parts um obviously he lost the ball earlier on and kind of gave, gave away that penalty and he's lucky buffon saved that but messing around with the ball um in his box caused the penalty da, 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 whatever uh, buffon saved it after that he kind of he actually scored a goal he scored a goal that was um similar to the one he scored against um ac milan uh last year when he turned into like Lionel messi for 30 seconds uh with his left foot it was kind of a lucky shot can't lie but it was good placement and then um, obviously he got worked around like a pylon for Sassuolo's one goal of the game. And then he played a really good ball against um, against Sassuolo to kind of set up the ball as goal. And it's just like he looked really good and also really bad at the same time. So I feel like he's one of those guys where and I was listening to the uh, the Ranks podcast. If you guys don't listen to that, you should go listen to that. It was BR Football Ranks before and they switched on to their own thing. Um, but their whole premise was saying how they think Rabio should just suck it up play that number six role so a holding mid role more or less because he's a big frame he could be a good player like he's very composed on the ball most of the time and um he just doesn't have the offensive game that i think he thinks he has um it just doesn't work out but like i said we'll see how all that goes i still think they have a really good team the core of the team is really good uh they have a really bright future with the guys i mentioned in terms of kamavinga um Hussam awar upa makano guys like mdumbele as well and Mbappe's still really young. Dembele's still really young. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some other French guys just pop up out the ground, like what's been happening lately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the other teams to watch, so obviously France is actually in the whole group of death thing uh, with Portugal and Germany. Portugal obviously are the defending champions. They beat France um, the last Euros. And they actually have a pretty good, like they're actually a dark horse for me. They have a pretty good squad. Obviously Ronaldo's still playing perfect. Um, Bruno Fernandes, is there Bernardo Silva, Ruben Diaz, Cancelo, uh, Renato Sanchez, Diogo Yota, all these kind of guys that are really playing well, um, especially Renato Sanchez. He's one of those guys where obviously in the Euros, he was that wonder kid and went to Bayern Munich from Benfica and sort of fell off, I'd say, like didn't really reach the expectations. Went on loan to a few other places and then he went to Lille um, where, you know, he's a vital part in them probably almost winning the gun this year. We'll see how that all unfolds. The title races in the top five leagues are actually pretty good this year. Um, Ruben Diaz is, in my opinion, probably the best center back in the world right now. Um, you look at what he's doing with John Stones on City and it's just insane. Um, I mean, it took Pep like a billion dollars on defense to finally, or a billion euros on defense to finally find the guy, but I think he found him. I think he found him. Uh, Cancelo's doing all right. Um, He's a versatile player, right back, right mid, center back, center mid. Like he plays pretty all over the place, so that's good. Um, but like I said, it'd be interesting to see how they do up against uh, France and Germany. Germany is another team I was going to talk about. They looked really shaky in 2018. Like I know there was that whole, if you're unfamiliar with it, there's the whole like World Cup curse. Meaning if you're someone that won, let's say, because for them, they won the 2014 World Cup. Usually winners of the World Cup, they get knocked out the next World Cup in the, chan in the group stage. So that's exactly what happened to them. They didn't look convincing. And then if I'm looking at the German players, aside from like the guys that are on Bayern Munich, so Kimmich, Nagri, um, Sané, Boateng, I don't know if he's going to be on the um, on the national team. I, I think he kind of fell out of favor over there. Um, it look, Oh, Mueller as well. It looks kind of bad. Like if you look at Chelsea, who spent big money on Timo Werner, uh, Kai Havertz, it doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Timo Werner 
he I think he's in his own head at this point. He can't buy a goal, really. Um, obviously, yeah, he's doing good. Like he's got double digits, I'll say, double digits and goals and assists, which is still um, solid. But it's not what you kind of expect from Timo Werner. He misses a lot of chances. He sort of reminds me of. Uh, There's no slight to him. This reminds me of Cavani from uh, on PSG. Um, obviously, Cavani, Manchester United now. The guy's going down as damn near a legend. Um, if you watch the game today, United versus Fulham, the guy scored an insane goal. Uh, but yeah, that's that. It is what it is. Um, England, the same sort of deal. Like they always have a good team on paper, but for some reason, it doesn't work out. Uh, the last World Cup, every literally everything was there for them to win. Um, and obviously, they choked their way against Croatia. Uh, Croatia is a good team, but there's no way that they should be hanging with England, right? Guys like Harry Kane, Sterling. Um, next, like I guess for this Euros, Mount Grealish, Phil Foden. Um, all you guys, Sancho, um, there's all kinds of, they're actually kind of stacked in some positions, especially that right back position. Cause you have Juan Bissaka, you have Trent Alexander-Arnold, you have Reese James, uh, Kyle Walker still knocking around. So it'd be interesting to see who they take. My, I'm not even trying to be biased. I would take Juan Bissaka as my starting, um, as my starting right back over Trent. I'm not that high on Trent. Um, mainly, I guess I value different things. I value defense and Juan Bissaka to me is the best defender in the Premier League, best one-on-one defender in the Premier League. Uh, so there's there's that. There's also at the camp position, Mason Mount, Grealish, Phil Foden is going to be kind of tough. Grealish has been injured for the last however long. So he might not even make the cut. I don't know. But he, if he makes the cut, it'll just be off of reputation and, um, you know, still high expectations for him, all kind of stuff. Uh, Belgium, Bel- this could be Belgium's last chance at a major trophy, in my opinion. Um, 2016, they had a good team. Obviously, they didn't win. Um, the year uh, World Cup 2018, they got knocked out by France. Um, and this is sort of, this might be the last year. It might not be. We'll see. Um, obviously, because of COVID and how the Euros were delayed, the World Cup is now just next year, 2022. So the, their core of, I guess, I don't know, Eden Hazard, I guess, if he's still playing well, um, Lukaku, De Bruyne, all those kind of guys, they're getting older. Right, so you don't know how the production is going to happen. Not everyone is Messi and Ronaldo where they're just going to keep playing until how long, right? They're going to dip at some point. De Bruyne, I think, might be the last one to go. Uh, Lukaku is still playing well, so I might be wrong. I might be jumping the gun about it. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they look like, especially after this next World Cup in 2022. We'll see. Uh, Netherlands are a team. I don't know how much they're going to do in the Euros this year, but down the line, I think they actually have a pretty good team. They'll have a pretty good team. Uh, guys like Frankie de Young, Barcelona, Van de Beek, who just went to United. Who actually, you know, I'll talk about Van de Beek a little bit later. Um, Myron, Myron Bodu, I, I might have been butchering his name. I don't know. Brian Bobby as well, uh, who's on Ajax. All those guys, they're young guys. They have a future. They still have Depay, who's relatively, he's not old. I'll say he's not old. <laughs> Van Dyke will still be knocking out. Obviously, this year he's injured. He's a Tory ACL, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully he's still thing. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of teams I would look out for to watch. Obviously, there's a handful of more uh, of other guys. Portugal, they also have uh, Pedro Gonzalez. I don't know if these guys are going to make the cut. I'm just saying these are future guys, sort of. Um, Pedro Gonzalez, who's uh, sporting and kind of was the, I guess he was supposed to be the replacement for Bruno Fernandes, who's, and he's actually been doing pretty well. Been doing pretty well. Uh, Rafael Leal on uh, AC Milan's also been killing it too. Germany, Yusufa Mukoko, I think. Um, sounds like a made up, a made up kind of deal, but uh, he's really, he's like 15 years old. That's why I'm saying it sounds made up because he's 15, but he's 
he's insane. Like, it's actually crazy how many goals this guy's popping in. Uh, I think he was playing at the U21s uh, before. He does have a few senior caps, all that kind of stuff. And um, obviously the long list of France guys that are all for the future. Um, so that's the Euros. I have France winning it. Um, Portugal is my dark horse. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll say this. If England doesn't make the semifinals, it's a flop. I think they should be making the semifinals easily. Um, with that, the only thing is if they is if they run into France earlier on, then okay, I'll, I'll give them some slack a little bit. But realistically, they have one of the best teams um, on paper. Again, um, they should be handling a lot of guys, <laughs> a lot of teams. So Manchester United, team I support. There's been, I guess, talks about, well, there's been talks for a while, I guess since last season about Jadon Sancho, uh, us trying to get Jadon Sancho. Uh, I was trying to get Declan Rice, and then more more recently, I guess Harry Kane a little bit because he has to uh, he has to leave Tottenham recently because mainly I guess because they can't win nothing. You know what I mean? They just lost um, to Manchester City in the Carabao Cup final, so that's a dent. And this thing, he's he's getting old, and for someone that does that, that's at his age and has no silverware yet, it's a bit you know it's kind of it's a bit bad. Um, so I was trying to leave. I think it was. United, City, and Chelsea were the three teams that were sort of, uh, I guess, in the runnings for him. Where do I think he'll go? Where, okay, here's where I think he'll fit the best. I don't want it to happen, but he'll fit City the best. Let's be honest. Sergio Aguero is leaving, um, so there's a vacancy at striker. I know Gabriel Jesus is there, but let's be honest. Would you rather take Gabriel Jesus or Harry Kane? Um, I don't think that's a big challenge. I'm definitely taking Harry Kane <laughs> pretty much over anyone in the, in, in the Premier League. Uh, unless you're just biased about different things. But in terms of all three of them, I don't know how that's going to work necessarily, bringing in all three of those players. I don't even know how it's going to work. If, like, put it this way, you if you bring in one of them, you're going to have to lose at least someone else, right? You're going to have to change systems or you're sacrificing something. Harry Kane, so we'll start with Harry Kane. Harry Kane, in my opinion, is a top three, top five player in the world right now. Or not player, striker in the world right now. Um, he's leading the Prem in, in goals and assists, so I don't know how much you want to credit to uh, Jose Mourinho for that, um, but he has stepped it up a level. Even though they sacked Jose Mourinho, yes, I know, but um, ever since Mourinho got there, he started facilitating a lot more, which was, was, was a dimension that we didn't really see before. Before, he was just a clinical goal scorer, which he still is now. Um, Sancho is a good winger that can create goals. Um, from the outside and has tons of potential. I think what makes him special is his ability to create goals um, and not and having and having an impact on the game, even though he might not touch the ball every single play. Declan Rice is he's an he's an amazing player. Oh my god, Declan Rice is amazing defensively. He's good on the ball. Um, he's like a no nonsense British holding midfielder. You know, he's one of those guys. <laughs> um, I think the least problematic guy to bring in to the team would probably be Declan Rice. And that's not like a slight, not like, no, I'm not talking about personalities. I'm talking about without having to sacrifice that much, maybe bring in Declan Rice because he can also play center back. So my thought process is if you're bringing in Declan Rice, maybe depending on how you feel about the pairing of McTominay and Fred who have kind of held down that position this season, um, maybe move Declan Rice as a center back and he takes out Lindelof, right? Uh, yeah, United are pretty high on Harry Maguire. So uh, I'd assume he'd keep his starting spot and Lindelof would be the one dropping to the bench, in which case you might have to sacrifice someone like Eric Bailly. Um, he, I know he just signed a contract this year, but obviously if you get someone like Declan Rice and you're playing him as a center back, the starting center back, um, all of a sudden Bailly drops down to a third string, right? So it's not, 
it's it's not ideal for him and i would understand if he loves um sancho actually i'll say this for everyone more or less they don't necessarily united don't necessarily need any of these positions but it will be an upgrade um so for sancho it's kind of difficult so pogba plays on the left side sancho plays on the right side they have similar play styles not really the same but similar in terms of they can both create off off the wing um it'd be interesting to see if Solskjaer wants to play with two sort of wide playmakers um i'd assume because you bring in sancho he's not coming off the bench sancho's coming to start uh pogba's hit his form i think he's honestly playing the best at united since he's gotten here um in these past couple of months ever since he Solskjaer kind of figured it out and started moving him out wide more um so i think pogba's nailed that left mid spot but it's do you want to play with both of them on the wing because if you play with both of them on the wing then that leaves Coverney, Rashford, Greenwood, and Martial all fighting for that striker, starting striker spot. Um, obviously, all three of well, I'd say all three of them aside from uh, Coverney can probably play any of those front three spots, but it's most likely going to have to be that striker spot because Pogba and Sancho will probably nail that down. And it comes down to you're not going to have four guys all fighting for the same spot, right? Someone's going to go. So if you go process of elimination sort of deal, um, I don't think it'll be Cavani. He just like Solskjaer and everyone just begged Cavani to stay for another year, and he finally stayed. He finally signed a, signed a contract, so he's here for another year. I don't think it's gonna be him. Um, Rashford has too much potential, and he's already too good of a player. Um, I think he himself is the future of England, the captain of England down the line. Um, I don't think it's gonna be him. Greenwood's another one, too much untapped potential in him. He, I honestly get Van Persie vibes. I can't lie. I don't even know what foot he is. I, it, it says he's a right footer on FIFA, but um, you know, he whips in balls with his left foot. He scores with his left foot. So I don't even really know what's going on. But Greenwood seems to me like a very natural finisher and a lot of potential. Um, Martial is the only one that hasn't really uh, lived up to his height. Um, obviously, he came when he was very young still from Monaco, and you know he's been an above-average player. He's been a good player, but not I think what people have expected him to be. I think he might be the sacrificial lamb to maybe fund a move for Sancho or maybe a move for Sancho, Declan Rice, Sancho, Harry Kane, whatever. Um, so I think Martial is going to be the one to go. Uh, I don't, like I said, you're going to have to sacrifice something. So if it's not that, if it's not you play Pogba and Sancho on the wing, then what? I guess you drop Pogba down to the midfield. And then I guess that has to make, like one of Fred and McTominay are going to have to make way for Pogba. You're not bringing Pogba off the bench, especially how well he's playing lately. So who out of Pogba, I mean, out of McTominay and Fred are you bringing? Me personally, I would say you might bring Fred off the bench. Um, I think McTominay, he's still very young and he's still going to keep on getting better. Fred, he's more or less hit his cap um, in terms of how good he's going to get. Um, he might have a second surge, who knows? But traditionally, I would think McTominay would be the one to, to stay and uh, kind of give Pogba that freedom to go forward because I don't think you can keep Pogba as um this i don't think you can play pogba the same way you'd expect fred to play at that same position like i said pogba is he goes forward a lot he's naturally more attacking he can go two ways if he wants but i wouldn't bank on it it's not a consistent enough thing um Solskjaer has shown that he prefers his holding mids to just defend right he doesn't really care too much about the creativity just win the ball and get it to you know someone like Bruno Fernandez who is very creative for United and has been quite frankly their best player ever since they signed uh they signed him so it's really interesting what they'll do with Pogba how they'll have to move everything around um Harry Kane's a similar situation where 
um, similar situation to Sancho where you're going to have to probably knock someone down, knock someone out and, um, you know, move someone down. So it kind of asked the question, where is Rashford going to be? Cavani, again, just signed, like I just said, agreeing with all those guys, um, especially if you have Harry Kane. Personally, I would rather sign Calvert-Lewin than Harry Kane. I know that wasn't even a big rumor, but I saw something like that before um, where that was rumored to be. I would rather them sign Calvert-Lewin over Harry Kane just because I think the longevity of it all, he's going to be there for longer. Harry Kane's a better player, no doubt, but I think you can get more out of Dominic Calvert-Lewin down the line as a long-term goal, which I fit, which I think fits better. If you go with, you know, say down the line, your front three could be Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Rashford, and Green with three young guys um, that are all there. If you, Assuming you don't sign Sancho, he could be in that mix too. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting how everything's going to go with, with Manchester United in terms of signings and who's going to leave. They might not get rid of anyone and they might just, you know, have to make things do like that and maybe switch formations, maybe go to a 4-3-3 or something like that, where you might have Declan Rice as a single holding mid and Fernandez Pogba as two attacking mids, maybe primary Bruno and have Pogba as a box-to-box. You don't really know how things are going to go. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to say uh, with, with, with as it pertains to the Euros and Manchester United, everything like that. Um, but we'll see how time how, how time goes and everything like that. So yeah, man, it is what it is. Uh, it was a bit of a shorter episode, but you know, yeah, I'll have a uh, like I said, I'll have a playoffs episode out probably a few days after this um, with someone. Um, so yeah, man, thank you all for watching. I uh, hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy in these times. And um, yeah, man, let me know if you guys want like, want like a little podcast on like, the hair thing. I don't know. I'm kind of interested in talking about that. Um, but yeah, DM, DM me that <laughs> uh, if you guys are interested. Um, don't need further ado, it's me, your boy Sky Gonzalez. And I'll talk to y'all. I'll talk to y'all next.